Hey, and welcome back to Practice Makes Faithful. You're probably not used to hearing my voice first, and I'll explain that uh, in just a minute. This is Season 3, Episode 10. Uh, We are in a series for the month of March tied to our Missions Month. Um, I'm Paul Hugobart. This has been Patterson sitting next to me. Um, I'm playing the host role this morning, today, today. Maybe it's not this morning for you, but uh, today because uh, because I'm the host and Ben is in the hot seat today as he uh, delivered the message on Sunday morning here at Grace Chapel. Yes. Uh, Really good message, solid thoughts. Very uh, excited to dive into that and uh, to share a little bit about what this week's message uh, really I think hit on and the challenges that came out of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we are thinking about this series called "I Will Love," yeah. um, and we can talk a little bit more about the series. I'm excited as we go for sure. But it's yeah. weird to be on the uh, this side of it, but it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. It's equally strange to be on this side yes. of it, but uh, but good, but good. No, I'm I'm excited about this, Ben. Yep. I, I know you're gonna have a lot to share uh, that will challenge uh, the folks at home. Uh, especially because, again, this you know the, the title of our podcast is Practice Makes Faithful. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we're trying to put into practice the things that we learn on a weekly basis, whether you are here connected with at Grace, uh, connected with us at Grace Chapel, mm-hmm. or or somewhere else, uh, and just happen to listen in. And we know as we continue to uh, see uh, the the increasing numbers of folks that that listen. Uh, and or check us out on YouTube. Uh, we're thankful for you joining us week sure. to week, and sure. really do hope that this is uh, something that encourages you and is helping you grow uh, as you try to walk in the way of Jesus. That's mm-hmm. that's what we're about here. Practice does make faithful, not perfect, but practice makes faithful. So, so welcome back again for for episode yes. ten of season three. Um, so, Ben, maybe we could take just a minute. I, I'd love to share. Uh, a little bit about uh, my experiences last week. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because you mentioned you were, we did our podcast a little different schedule. Yeah. You were out at Exponential. You want to tell us a bit about how that went and then we'll dive into Sunday. Yeah, I can do that. So I'm, I'm wearing uh, my Renew Movements hat yeah, because I got to be a part of the official launch of Renew Movements and was presenting, you know, typically as a guy who sits in the seat of one who leads within uh, a legacy church or prevailing model church or programmatic church or attractional church, whatever label people want to put on that, um, you know, that's that's been the predominant model that mm-hmm. I have engaged mm-hmm. within as a church leader. Uh, I got to be down there engaging with church planters. Mm-hmm. Um, but really taking a lot of the principles that we've talked about over the last several years, these eight principles that we've observed that, uh, that are central to the practice in disciple-making movements. There are the why behind the what um, in these disciple-making movements. So I got to share those with church planters. Uh, again, the theme at Exponential was evangelism, reviving a lost cause. And so uh, it was just really exciting to see so many Christians assemble together um, you know, like 6,000 people, again, coming together, saying, yes, we want to be about sharing the message of Jesus mm-hmm. because the message of Jesus is connected to the mission of Jesus. And, um, you know, yes, we want to embrace the methods of Jesus as well, to be disciples who make disciples through the, uh, you know, the bridge of relationship with people. Um, but we don't want to be shy about evangelism, even though it's kind of become a dirty word, you know, in some, some circles or taboo. We want to work on reviving evangelism and bring it back to what it really is supposed to be. It's the moment we get to share good news with people. Mm-hmm, you know, so sharing good news ought never to be a bad thing. Yeah. It doesn't mean that people will accept the good news or say, yes, I want that every time we share it. 
every time we live a life that creates some amount of curiosity, then we get to share the message across that bridge of relationship. Uh, we may still experience rejection, but we've got to get back to where we realize the good news really is good news. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it just was exciting to me to see that uh, that idea return and you know, I mean, next next year's theme has already been announced, and uh, it's it's about you know doing a 180, 180 degree turning, getting back to the mission of Jesus, which is to be disciples who make disciples. So mm-hmm. it's coming back to the mission, um, discipleship, disciple making, and so I, I just love that I'm getting to witness kind of from an inside chair at times, um, you know, have an inside view to. Uh, to what's happening in the North American church, at least some of it. This real revival of an understanding that we do have the best news ever that we get to share with people. To see so many church leaders coming back to say, we've got to be disciples who make disciples. You know, talking with with Bobby Harrington um, at at, at the conference, and so I was there with Renew. Bobby's a point leader for Renew and Mm discipleship.org. One of the things Bobby was saying is, you know, 10 years ago when he and Jim Putman wrote together the book Disciple Shift, mm-hmm. he said it was like we were the only ones talking about this. Yeah. You know, the need to be disciples who make disciples, the need to see our churches shift from primarily uh, programmatic environments, creating programmatic environments to really trying to teach, train, and equip disciples to make disciples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he said it was like we were the only ones talking about it. And he said now it's like everyone's talking about it. Yeah. Which is pretty cool, yeah. really, when you think about it. Um, you know, he said, now the trouble is, a whole lot of people are talking about it, and we only have some people doing it. Mm. So mm-hmm. really making the transition to doing it is, is a whole new thing, but sometimes we have to talk about something, be aware of it, understand the problem, discuss it enough before all of a sudden, you know, we're propelled into action. So I'm hoping what comes out of the talk is action, so that we're yeah. not all talk, but that we are really a lot of action. I'm excited that I think a lot of the things that, We've been talking about at a lot of these conferences, whether it be Exponential, Renew, Discipleship.org, and some others, uh, Spire as well, that, that what we're talking about at these conferences is what I see happening here at Grace Chapel. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, we've watched a culture shift. We've watched people move uh, more out and encourage, step out and courage into the adventurous mission that Jesus has invited us mm-hmm. uh, on mm-hmm. to, to really be disciples who make disciples as we go. And so... Just thrilled that I got to be a part of a conference with so many leaders and others who want to do what Jesus has called us to do. Mm-hmm. Go in the world, teach, baptize, yeah. make disciples. Well, I love that. Um, I guess that's a great, <laughs> that's a great connection. It is, it is. Some of where we're going in this series this month, yes. today. Yes. And uh, thankful for you being a part of that movement. Yeah, glad to do it. You know, as, as we've already said, we're working through this series for the month yes. called I Will Love. And so, uh, ben, maybe the two of us could work together actually mm-hmm, to provide mm-hmm. a little bit of a summary um, to talk about the whys and the what's connected to the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then following that, we'll, we'll take some time so that you can share specifically what you talked about this weekend. So uh, again, the theme I will yeah. love. Um, and we're moving through four different movements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We started last week with I will love the gospel. So yep. really loving the good news. I mean, that's, that's what we were just talking about at Exponential this past week. 
really loving the good news about Jesus and understanding that it is something we can love and should love. Mm -hmm. And something that Jesus even calls us to give our lives and, you know, especially to live our lives for. Even if we don't, if we're not called to lay down our lives, he still says, pick up your life and go live it for me. You know, lay down your life, pick up your cross, live your life for the sake of the gospel. Um, live it for me and the gospel, Jesus says. And in that, you know, comes the greatest reward of all. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we're in missions month where we're trying to mm -hmm. uh, compel and challenge and call our folks to give generously for the sake of supporting um, mission efforts globally and maybe even some here domestically. And uh, so next month, next week actually is uh, is the nineteenth. Will be on Sunday, mm -hmm. um, and we will take up that offering. Mission Sunday, yeah. yeah, Mission Sunday, hoping that. Uh, that our folks are ready to give. You know, I've been thinking, you know, about what, what we're going to give as, as we go in to this so that we really can give to the most important thing yep. we could possibly give to. So many causes we could give to, so many things we could choose to give, you know, use our own money for. But really, when it gets down to it, there's nothing better than giving to support the advancing of the gospel, the mission. We'll talk later next week about, you know, I will love my neighbor, and then I will love this world. I mean, all the things yep. that Jesus calls us to love. I don't know if yeah, you I kind of yeah, I kind of see this series a little bit. It's, it's a little bit like an anthology of just kind of these these mm. four uh, ideas. It's not. It doesn't build in the way that some of our yeah, series right. do. Um, but it's these four ideas that are connected to missions. They're loosely kind of connected around mm -hmm. this idea of missions of our missions month here. Mm -hmm. And I think like with each of these, there is a challenge built into it, yes. just built into that title to say, I will love the mission. That's right. And it's a challenge to say, if you don't love the mission, well, we're, we're saying in this, that yeah. this is something that disciples of Jesus, that you should love. Um, yes. We're saying each of these things is something disciples of Jesus should love. And also, as I mentioned in my message yesterday, if you're not a disciple of Jesus, you're getting a little peek in of like, hey, this is... These are some of the priorities that disciples of Jesus should be committing their lives to. They should be deeply yes. loving. Uh, Agreed. So Agreed. And the common cause that we can join in, you know, especially as we're looking, you know, one of the big struggles of our day and age um, is just uh, that so many are experiencing um, just this real lack, this void of meaning and purpose yeah. and therefore yeah. value 100%. to their lives. And a lot of people concluding, there is no value to my life. We've talked several mm -hmm. times about this idea of deaths of despair and how they are on the rise. And people are, I mean, they're, I saw a news headline the other day calling it the new pandemic. And that, you know, we ought to be aware of how many people are losing hope in life, feeling like their life does mm -hmm. not contribute to uh, anything. Their life yeah. has no yeah. value. Um, and, and the reality is, you know, apart from the mission of Jesus, it is tough to find value. You just have to make mm -hmm, it up. Mm -hmm. You know, so when we come to what God has called us to, what we're doing is not finding or making up value. We're discovering yes. the value and purpose that he's always given us. And so, you know, with that, talk a little bit about this week's message, mm -hmm. if you will, so okay. that we can kind of get a flavor. Because I think this is where we discover there's meaning and purpose and real value to my life if, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that's good. That's good. So I will love the mission, right? So mm -hmm. this week, opened up our message. Uh, I started off with a story, a story of my first time yeah. going on a mission trip of going to India mm -hmm. and sharing a little bit about that, sharing some uh, hesitation around that, mm -hmm. but 
truly just growing a love for it, right? We'll be in there, growing a love for mission trips in general. I mean, just from that point, I went to India another uh, two times after, three times total, and then started with our New Orleans mission mm. trip that we started with our youth ministry and uh, helping co-lead that with Rocky, our mm -hmm. youth pastor. And mm -hmm. it just becomes something I've been super yeah. passionate about, excited about. Because in that context at a mission trip, people do just come alive to the mission, right? Yes. It is a yeah. week where you're with a group of like-minded people for that whole time that you're fully mm -hmm. focused on the mission. And that is an awesome thing. Yeah. And I love it. And I'm all for mission trips because of that. Sure. However, it creates a potential problem because mm -hmm. it can it can make us aware of of a conflict. Maybe it doesn't create a problem, maybe it exposes a problem. Right. And it exposes yes. this conflict between yep. our missional life and our secular life. Mm -hmm. And I've even at times, I've seen multiple times where we've gotten together with like our final huddle for some of our teenagers mm -hmm. in the evening. And I've heard people sharing that they don't want to go home. Like they, they want to go home and get to their bed, sure, but they don't want to go home mm -hmm. because they don't want to lose sight of the mission. Like in this week, they've been fully focused on the mission. And once they get back, they're going to have to do school. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to just do... <clears throat> family responsibilities, all of just their regular things in life, their secular life, if you right. will. And they're going to get caught up in that, and it's going to drown out the mission. Yes. So it's as yeah. if these two things I had up on the screen, missional life versus secular life, right. it's as if they're competing against one another sometimes, yeah. we feel, and it's creating this conflict. Yes. And I went on to say that if we're living in that, if we're separating those two things, we are making the mission of Jesus way too small. Yeah. So from that yep. point, the obvious question is, well, what is the mission of Jesus? Yes. Um, so I unpacked it. I unpacked that, and uh, I I love tracing things as a theme throughout Scripture. Okay. Yep. So I love going back to Genesis one. Um, typically, when we're answering a question like that, I think there's a ton of questions. We can start back mm -hmm. in the first couple pages of our Bible and trace it, see it throughout Scripture. So mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to start there and start in the beginning. What is the mission? And we see from the beginning, right, God's creating this good world. He creates a good world. He creates good humans in that world. And then he commissions these humans. He gives these humans a task. Mm -hmm. He First off, he says that they're created in his image, which is an amazing thing. Um, what does that mean? We might talk about that a little bit yeah. more yeah. as we go forward. But he gives these humans this task in Genesis 1.28. He says he tasks them to rule over creation. Um, to fill the earth, to subdue it, to multiply, and to rule over mm -hmm. this creation. And as I kind of tease that out, and I've learned some teaching from Bible Project that's really yeah. helped shape mm -hmm. the way I think of this, understand this, I think in that, God wants us to rule and reign over creation in a way that brings goodness into the world. Because we are God's image, and God is a God is a good God. Mm. It's everything we see. If you just look at Genesis one, everything we know about God is that He's all powerful and that He's all good. That everything He's created mm. is good. He's He defines what's good and bad. He's created all goodness. So if we are to be His image, when He tells us to rule and reign, well, this means that we're to do this in a way yeah. that's good, not in a yeah. way that is hurting 
the world, not right. in a way that is abusive of power, because sometimes someone could read yes. rule and see that as a license to, I get to subdue creation, I can do whatever I want to it, and frankly, yeah. I think the church and many people have taken that model throughout history, I, I think and you're right. we see a lot of problems in our, even just in our physical world, certainly the way people are treated, we see that, mm -hmm. but you look at how our physical world has been treated. of of pollution, of climate problems, of things of that nature to where I don't know that we're ruling this world in a way yeah. that brings goodness. Yeah, I think it's good. If I could just pause you right Please. there real quick. Sorry. I, th I think that's a super <laughs> solid point in that um, I have heard people, even Christians, say um, when there are complaints about the way things go and sometimes... Um, you know, maybe maybe looking around, some some might say that that again that there is mistreatment and misuse of this good earth and mm -hmm. planet that God has given us. And some Christians will come back and say, "Well, it doesn't really matter. It's all you know." As a friend of mine used to say, "It's all kindling for the great fire anyway, so who cares?" Um, you know, and that was really That's his attitude. You. <laughs> you know, it's all kindling for <sighs> the great fire. It's all going to be burned up. So who cares what we do with this? Um, and yes, the the license to rule or the I'd say not license. So we've taken the charge to rule and reign as image bearers of God, as license to rule and reign, maybe, and and therefore the idea of exploiting I mean, this this is is sometimes something that we can become very comfortable with, and certainly through um, if you look at the expansionist ideals of the fifteenth into the, the late 15th and the 16th and the 17th centuries, and even into the 18th century as well, whatever resource there was, the idea was let's go take that because it's ours anyway. Yeah. You know, so when you have that mindset, that's a very different mindset than the one that you're trying to paint for yeah. us. You know, yeah. that, that's that fair. we ought not to be the ones who go and take mm -hmm. what, because mm -hmm. we believe it's all ours anyway. It's a yeah. stewarding more than a taking is what it sounds like to me. Is that fair? A hundred percent. Well, and I kind of want, would want to gently respond to the friend who might ask mm. who cares and say, God cares. Mm. Like, what did God say? God said his world's good. So why would mm -hmm. he want us to come in and make it not good and break it and hurt it? And this sentence, and even if that is your perspective, mm -hmm. you see it's all going to get burnt up in the end. Hey, God said it was good. Yeah. Like he made a good world. So why would we come in and think that we should just go and break it? Yeah. Um, and even if there is I, a brokenness right now, and there, and there is, is a, yeah, an and element of not goodness, should we contribute to the not goodness or should we? Exactly. Do something else. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. Do we just live into the fact that, because obviously, as we see, mm -hmm. humans are tasked to rule and reign. We're to do this mm -hmm. in a way that brings goodness. But we obviously do see that we failed at that. Mm -hmm. Like, we, fail, we see this in our own experience. We see this in the story of Scripture. We see this with, um, within Genesis 3, right? We see the story mm -hmm. of the fall, of humans deciding to see that I want to do what seems right in my own eyes rather than what mm -hmm. God says is right, which interesting note there, what the the lie that Satan is giving mm -hmm. them and is saying, hey, come and take this fruit and you'll be like God. 
they're already like God. They were made in God's image. Like God already did this. So what is it, it's it's this lie of to come and come and be like God in this mm-hmm. way of rebelling against God of mm-hmm. so it's it is this lie. It's like every good lie is based on a nugget of truth. Yeah, um, and it's as if Satan is taking and manipulating this thing that God has just said, You're made in my image. They're God's images. And then Satan is taking that, twisting it and saying, No, yeah. come and do it this way. Yes. You know, it's I just find that uh, that's a side note. That wasn't yep. in my message. That's a freebie for you, those of you listening yeah. to the podcast. Um, <laughs> so as we continue we see this brokenness in the world. The world is broken from human evil, from the fall. And God wanted to redeem that mm-hmm. world. He's wanted to redeem it, redeem this. So he launches this plan. Uh, I didn't go super into detail, but I mean, you see all throughout the Old Testament, right? It starts with Abraham. Mm-hmm. Abraham, this one being called out of many and saying, Abraham, I'm going to make your family this great nation. Mm-hmm. We see Abraham, his family grows. Isaac, Jacob. Jacob changes his name to Israel. Israel grows into the children of Israel. They're they're in captive in um, in Egypt. They get freed. Moses comes in. Mm-hmm. They're wandering in the wilderness. They start this small nation ruled by judges. Eventually this grows into the monarchy. Mm-hmm. And you see this this nation that God is using in his plan to redeem the world, mm-hmm. this family starting with Abraham. Mm-hmm. Eventually we see the exile right, of enemy nations come in as this uh, judgment against this nation that once again is failing, that mm-hmm. Israel is failing again to live the way mm-hmm. God has called them to live. But all throughout that, God had a grand plan in it. The master plan was Jesus mm. um, from the very beginning, that he's using this nation. It's almost this this uh, this cradle that Jesus right. raises up out of, yep. right? Um, and then Jesus comes on the scene. And when Jesus comes on the scene, you see his life is defined by goodness. He goes mm-hmm. around, he is proclaiming the kingdom of God, and he is right. spreading this kingdom. You see healing, miracles are happening, all this incredible stuff Jesus is going around and doing, proclaiming that his kingdom is here. And Jesus, I would contend, Jesus is living the way that humans were made to live. Mm. Jesus is living. He's the second Adam, Paul even right. calls him. Yeah. He is the one who is living the way Adam was supposed to live. But Adam fell. He's living truly as God's image in a way that none of us have been able to, mm. in a way that all of us have failed to do. And then after his death, burial, resurrection, he commissions his followers to go out and spread this movement. He yep. says, go out make disciples, make disciples of every nation, and do what? Teach them to be saved so they go to heaven? No, he says, teach them to obey all of my teachings. Right. Um, going to heaven's a part of it. I'm not in any yeah. way yeah, against discredited going to heaven. That's amazing gift. But Jesus is telling them, go and teach them to obey my teachings. Like he wants them to be his disciples here on earth. He wants them to live the way they were created to live Mm -hmm. in a way that's bringing goodness into God's world. So through all of that, I said that our mission is to spread God's goodness into the world and to make disciples of Jesus that do Mm -hmm. the same. 
it's a dual mission. It's a dual vocation. I've heard it described as yeah. of living out this original purpose to rule and reign over God's world in a way that brings goodness. And that's in everything I do, whether it's uh, through fixing a car, making dinner, doing the kids' laundry, whatever. I'm bringing goodness. And then as I'm doing that, I'm going along and I'm using opportunities to make disciples and to yeah. teach other people, you go and follow Jesus' teaching. You live the life God made you to live also. Yes. Um, so that's the mission. And then I went on to say that as we think about loving the mission, I think what it really looks like to love the mission is to live the mission. Yeah. Is that we need to live this out in our lives and we need to get rid of this divide between missional life and secular life yes. and see that everything is missional. That as followers of Jesus, it's all missional. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good, and it's, I mean, it's, it really helps us to see maybe a more holistic form mm -hmm. of uh, living out the mission of Jesus. You know, I think oftentimes we do just think about it in the sense of, okay, the mission is called to go, the mission for us is to be called to go out to do the works of evangelism, and definitely that's a part of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was a time, I think, maybe where, um, where the stage was set well enough for many of us who are believers that we could kind of get away with just going out and doing the evangelism thing, mm -hmm. even when it was just the very simple act of handing out tracts or a postcard or something else, because there was kind of a framework within which people understood that and it might have raised a little bit of curiosity because they were already inherently curious to some degree. Mm -hmm. But as things have shifted, I think what you're sharing with us makes a lot of sense and it's really the original intent anyway the original intent is that we would live such lives i guess that it would raise a curiosity in people that when we then when we start to speak about the reason for you know the reason we believe the reason we hold true that at that point in time the lives that we're living would have raised some curiosity would move people to wondering would move people to actually desiring to hear from us as mm -hmm. opposed to mm -hmm. Just we skip straight to telling people mm -hmm. about the gospel, um, and so I think that's really good. So as you and, I, ahead, and I would add to that, and mm -hmm. I would add to that to simply say that I think doing good in God's world is it is a means to an end in making disciples, and it's also an end in right. itself. In that I think. God does care about how we live our lives here. Oh, yeah. Of what we are doing with his world, with his creation, how we are treating other people. So yes. even if it doesn't lead to, that should always, we should always be looking for that opportunity yes. to make that disciple. But if it doesn't yeah. lead there, and if it is just, I'm giving a cup of cold water to someone mm -hmm. to help them out when they're in need, that I am living in a world that's living in a way that's being a good steward of this world, that that is that is good in yeah. and of itself. That's good. Um, as a follower of Jesus, I want to be always be pointing to that next step of making that disciple. But if it doesn't in a moment, like mm -hmm. you, let's say you spend all day and you're like, okay, I'm living in this way that spreads goodness all day, but a discipleship conversation never popped up today. Mm. First off, that's kind of short-term thinking. There's like, right. this could be a longer thing. Yes. But secondly, I would just say, that wasn't a failed day. You lived good right. in God's world. You lived faithfully. And what opportunities come out of that, you can't always control, but you can control how you be faithful to living in a way yes. that brings goodness, life, peace, shalom into God's world, not in a way that brings 
destruction. Yeah, that's really good. I, I heard someone say a while back, you know, every day live the life of a faithful witness, and when the opportunity comes, faithfully witness. Mm, that's you know, good. So, I like that. So in the sense that, you know, we're, we're, as you said, reflecting the image, that's the live the life of a faithful witness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you get the chance, faithfully witness. You know, so mm. we are sharing. We've often talked about, you know, witnessing, we think, is just what we do when we share uh, yeah. with somebody about our faith. But more often than not in Scripture, the idea of being a faithful witness is what comes first. You know, be a faithful witness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when the opportunity comes, faithfully witness. Well, one of the things that I you like talked that. about really this good. week that you leaned into, um, and I think it's something that many of us could identify with, is, again, as you presented at the beginning, this, this tension uh, that many followers of Jesus feel, especially those who, uh, who, like yourself, have been on short-term mission trips. It's this tension that often exists between kind of the lives we live when we're here at home that are busy, packed full of stuff, right? I think about you know in our lives as baseball season begins mm-hmm. and it's in full swing and um, you know uh, we could rightly be criticized for the way we live our lives sometimes in, in baseball and softball season with my seven-year-old daughter playing softball, my middle son playing baseball, my oldest son playing baseball for two teams that he's committed to and then moonlighting for another team, right? <laughs> and so seems like we could be all over the place and we could look at that and we could say, I just don't have time to be a disciple maker, to spread the goodness of God, right? So we could say, in my secular busy life, how am I going to do that? Now, again, the tension comes up because we've been on a mission trip where we were solely there with the purpose to do what? To, to witness, to be a faithful witness. And as the opportunity comes, faithfully witness to, uh, to the goodness of God, um, but, but you talked a bit more about, you talked about this idea, and I've heard, it, I've heard this actually termed this way, that this is called dichotomizing. <laughs> so we're saying, here's my secular life, yes. here's my missional or my sacred yes. life. You talked about the fact that we ought not dichotomize in that mm-hmm. sense. So mm-hmm. can you spend a little bit more time fleshing that out? This idea, again, there yes. shouldn't be this divide between sacred and mission or a secular and missional or secular and sacred how would you help us understand that more fully mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's good that's really good okay so i think maybe underlying the cat the, the separation between secular and missional is a separation at times between secular and spiritual mm. um that okay. we can separate these these categories of our lives of like these things that I do are spiritual things. Mm. These things that I do are secular things. When I am reading scripture, this is a spiritual thing. When I am sharing the gospel, this is mm-hmm. a spiritual thing. When I'm at church, this is a spiritual thing. When I am mowing the grass, this is a secular thing. When I'm do- so it's kind of these these separations that we make. But I guess I wonder what makes something spiritual? Mm-hmm. What makes something spiritual? I don't know if you've thought about that before. What makes something spiritual? And I think what makes something spiritual is the Spirit, right? It's the Holy Spirit. It's being the Holy Spirit being in that, being infusing that. So mm-hmm. if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a disciple, you've been baptized, you have the Holy Spirit living in you, mm-hmm. everything you do is spiritual. 
you don't separate that. Like there's not a separation. The Spirit is with you. It's not that the Spirit's with you when you're reading Scripture, but then when you finish your quiet time and you go to make breakfast, the Spirit's like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to hang out here right. by the Bible. You can go and cook your breakfast, but yes. I'll, be, I'll see you again tomorrow morning. No, the Spirit's not doing that. Yeah. The Spirit indwells you. It lives in you. So now everything you do is now spiritual. Like there's not a separation there if the Spirit is living in you. Now, I do think it's fair, and I mentioned this in my message, that it's possible that you are doing some things that couldn't yeah. be spiritual, yes. that the Spirit isn't going to go with you on that, and those are some things that you don't need to be doing. Like, if you're doing something yeah, that's not yeah, yeah. spiritual, that is not a neutral thing, like cooking breakfast, that's not... that's. Not good, bad, like that's a, that's a neutral thing. The Spirit's going to be with you in that. But if you are doing something that's not, then, the, I mean, there, there, may be some, there may be some exceptions there for sure. But if you're a follower of Jesus, the Spirit lives in you, and He is mm -hmm. with you in that, in whatever you're doing. So to make this separation, I've got a spiritual life, a secular life, just isn't healthy if the Spirit lives in you all the time. Those categories can't be there. So then we go to the separation I was specifically talking about in secular versus missional, and it's the same kind of thing, where we think these certain areas of my life are missional. This is where I'm focused on being on mission. It's in these certain spots, but not when I'm just doing my regular life, my regular mm -hmm. tasks, my regular chores. That's just mundane, normal, nine to five, that there's nothing missional about that. But the Spirit's with you, mm. empowering you through all of that. And then I look back at the Genesis 1, the task to rule and reign over God's creation in a way that's bringing goodness, in a way that images God. Yeah. And that impacts everything you do. Everything you do. It doesn't matter if that thing is feels spiritual to you or not. That No, you're to do that in a way that's bringing goodness. Once again, mm. there's a few things that inherently are never going to bring goodness into God's world. So it right. could never be missional don't do that thing. Like, it's not yeah. just take a break from being missional while you go and do this. No, don't do that thing. You should not be doing anything in your life that's not missional. And I don't mean to say this arrogantly as if I have that all figured out. I'm not right. in any way trying to say that. I don't have this all figured out. I am, I am learning. Mm -hmm. I'm a disciple of Jesus that's on this journey learning myself and trying to yeah. learn in these areas where I'm not always missional. I'm not saying I have this all together or speaking as some expert, but I am speaking as a, as a learner of Scripture and as I'm gaining a greater understanding mm -hmm. of this, that would be what I would just say is that there shouldn't be a spot of your life that's only secular. The Spirit's with you in all of it, and you can be missional in all of it. If you're doing something that can't be, it probably shouldn't be a part of your life. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so I think about even just my life right now, as, uh, as you know, I've got hours tied up in helping my kids become better baseball players, right? You know. Um, the focus of that is not just to become a better baseball player then, and, and we talk about this often with our boys, it's, it's about how you engage as a witness to Jesus on mm -hmm. that field, mm -hmm. or a witness of Jesus on that field. And it's how when I coach, you know, I, I think 
make the point about there are some things that you should just stop doing and then there are other things you need to just repurpose in a sense too yes. you know and so yes um man i love to win mm-hmm. with the best of them you know i had this competitive streak and flair in me that sometimes can be unhealthy mm-hmm. that's the flesh in me mm-hmm. but the spirit in me calls me to behave differently than to get all riled up or get fussy with the umpire or to yell at the coach who's yelling at me or whatever it happens to be, how can I engage on the field so that I don't compromise my ability to bring good into something because I brought mm-hmm. bad into mm-hmm. it instead. And so, yeah, it, I think that point, and, and that was one thing I'm sitting there thinking as you're sharing this message is, man, I've got a lot of busy time coming up, but my busy time is gonna be all around people. Constantly mm. I'm around people. Yeah. So instead of the things that we think, what, what I feel like I'm hearing from you, instead of the things that we often feel are barriers to actually doing the things that God has called us to do, live yes. into those things yes. and they actually become opportunities yes. to live the mission of Jesus more faithfully. Yeah. So I, I think sure. that's great. For sure. I, you know, I think of, um, I think you have in a way, living in a way that brings goodness. Sometimes, I think that there may be times that someone would think that only someone is only called to be on mission if like you're in this if you're working what you and I do mm-hmm. we both work in a church so I think sometimes some people may have this idea right. that hey we are called to live on mission but I am just an IT guy I'm not called to be on mission but what would it look like to take that mindset into it right now you and I are both working on a, we are both have our notes open on MacBooks. Mm-hmm. And imagine you have the, that guy who may feel like, I'm not called to work to be missional because I don't, I don't work at a church, I just work at Apple. Well, okay, what this guy's work is doing, and it's helping enable mm. us to be able to use these Macs that are that we're using to write our notes, to create this podcast, to help make the uh, to help craft our messages. Like mm-hmm. we use these things constantly throughout our days in our work, and I would say it's a good thing. I would say like yeah. having this Mac is a good thing. It's a good byproduct of God's world that some very creative people have been able to put this together in a way that has create a really good piece of technology in God's world. What if that guy who just works at Apple, who thinks that maybe my job isn't too significant because mm-hmm. I'm just doing this, what if he were to take the mindset that, no, what I'm doing is I'm creating something good. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm bringing goodness into the world and I have this attitude in everything that I do is that I'm made by a good God. So I want to do something yeah. good with my life. And I have this attitude, this mentality, and then people start asking me questions. And I start looking for opportunities to make disciples out of it. That his job is yes. every bit as much missional, if not more missional, than our jobs are at times. Yes. He's every day surrounded by people mm. where he can make, he can bring goodness into the world. Yeah. So what you're describing then is almost the difference between Burger King and Chick-fil-A. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I don't mean to knock Burger King, but, I'm tracking with but you. let's no, be honest. We can I mean, Burger King they all, all they all serve, you know, the, you got these fast food restaurants, they serve food. But when I go to Chick-fil-A, yeah. 
the way that I engage with there. That's a really good example. You know, my pleasure. Yes. What can I do to help you? What can I do to serve you? And Mm. it's part of the culture and the attitude. It's not that you don't go to Burger King or McDonald's or somewhere else and find people from time to time that have made it their personal yeah, mission yeah, to yeah, engage for sure, that for way. Sure. You sure, certainly will, and there are great people that work But organizationally, Chick-fil-A is embodying. But organizationally, yeah. because they have this value of, uh, maybe maybe they do have the value, I think, inherently, of wanting to spread God mm-hmm. goodness, in a sense, as you mm-hmm. say, there's a there's a different there's a, just a different approach to that, and so maybe let's dig a little deeper on that's that. That's really a good, I, man. I wish I had that for yesterday. I would have used that in my message. Man, there would have that's been a great somebody one. out there who would have <laughs> Burger King and would have been offended. But uh, uh, hey, just for the record, um, I can knock Burger King a little bit because I worked at Burger King in my college years. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so, oh man, there's so many stories we could share about uh, about the Burger King days. You know, it was it was the kind of thing. There's a Actually, the, the guy who owned the Burger Kings where, in the town where I went to college was a Christian guy and would give jobs to all college students. And so it was great. And yeah. actually, the environment there at the Burger Kings was pretty great. Um, but, you know, just, just <laughs> saying, the you know, difference between most other fast food restaurants, not just singling out Burger King and, and Chick-fil-A. So sorry, Burger King. Um, although their new commercials are pretty entertaining. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's, let's get back to the idea that we're thinking about yes. here because I think this one is worth fleshing out just a little bit further. I think you, know, you really worked hard this past weekend and, and you are even now to kind of paint this picture of what a truly faithful disciple of Jesus looks like, right? So I'm, I'm just gonna call out one of the things that you said that really stood out to me that we've already been touching on already, but let's be just real explicit about this. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. So one of the things, again, that you said that stood out was this. Um, so I'll just read it and then let's dig deeper into yep. it. And, and especially maybe we can hone in on why this is so important okay. uh, for Christians, for disciples of Jesus living in the 21st century. So here's what you said. Uh, Jesus calls us to make disciples, not just so that others can go to heaven, which that's important as we already said, yep. Yep. but that we might lead and call others to live lives as Jesus did and spread the goodness of God everywhere we go. So again, mm-hmm. we often place a lot of advan- uh, you know, emphasis on evangelism but not necessarily on spreading God's goodness. So why do you think that spreading God's goodness, as you put it, matters so much, especially as we are trying to make disciples? Yes, Mm -hmm. we do it because it is an end in itself, but as we think about it in the terms of maybe it being a means to another end, and Mm -hmm. even an eternal end, why Mm -hmm. do you think that this, having this frame of mind is so important? Yeah, Uh, first, First and foremost, first and foremost, because God is good. Yeah. Like essentially, mm. to His nature, He is good. I mean, I could, I could, we could stop right there um, and just mm. say that we are to image God, and He is good. So we are to yeah. be good as well, to do good as well. Um, but I would say also because I think God still cares about His world. I think mm. He still cares about His world, His creation, um, that. It is broken. It is broken. And I don't want to minimize that in any way, that it is really broken, that people have broken it, sin has broken it, evil has broken mm-hmm. it. But I don't think that God has stopped caring about it, that he yeah. created it as good. Evil stepped in, 
evil broke it. So the question is, are we to just live in to just accept, okay, the world's broken, so it doesn't matter, doesn't mm. matter what we do, and what we do here on this physical world doesn't really matter, doesn't matter how I treat people, doesn't matter how I interact with creation because it's all broken, or are we to live the way we were created to live? With an, with an acknowledgement that says it's never going to be perfect, this side of heaven. Right. Like, and I, I yep. see that. It's, I'm not arguing that things are, that we are going to make things perfect, that we're going to fix all the brokenness. That, no, yeah. we can't do that. That this is, like, it is cosmically broken. There's evil at play here. And until Jesus steps in and sets that straight, it's never going to be fully fixed. But are we to live in a way that just says it's broken, so we're gonna embrace that, or are we to live in a way that says, this is yeah. what it was so intended to be, and I wanna live into that. Yes. I wanna live into how God made us to be. So I think mm. in spreading goodness, this is the way that we're living the way that God made us to live. Yeah, it's almost a question of perpetuating either goodness or perpetuating brokenness, and we can yeah. do one of the two. Yeah. And maybe our default, because we are broken, is actually to perpetuate brokenness. Yes. And so we yes. have to reconnect with uh, the Spirit at work in us to perpetuate um, the goodness. So, so um, why do you think in this day and age that matters so much to maybe a watching world, oh. a world of unbelievers, a, a world of, uh, you know, a, a continent of post-Christian people? Why do you think that matters so much? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I think... Christians have gotten this wrong for mm. a while. I don't think we've always done a great job at embracing it. Sometimes we're embracing spreading God's goodness. Sometimes we're going out, acting a fool, and making, mm. starting culture wars and whatnot, and mm. things that are really giving a bad image to Christianity and ultimately to the God that we're representing mm. as His image as his images mm. and like so i think when we embrace this mindset that says that no i need to spread goodness in everything we do to a watching world mm. it's going to start raising some questions of yeah. why are these people acting like this and eventually they're going to say oh we're acting like this because this is how we were created because this is reflecting the yeah, god that we were created to reflect so um as opposed to living the way the rest of the world right. lives, starting fights, going out, just causing chaos here yeah. in the world. I mean, that's not that's not reflecting our no, God. No, <laughs> no, and that's, you know, what's so tough about that is we know that there are gonna be people that reject God, but let's not be, let's not let the reason they reject God because we're misrepresenting Him, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And so if we're doing that, oh, I mean, even yeah. as you were, even as yeah. you were speaking, I just had this kind of weightiness settling in me. That the reality yeah. is, a lot of people have rejected God not because of who God is, but who, because of who they think He is, because of the way we've misrepresented Him at times. And so, reestablishing a healthy witness and a robust yeah. and, a, and a, you know, what you're painting is a holistic witness of the way God would want to interact yeah. with this world through us. So. I want to use this example 
cautiously. Okay. I don't want to lose anyone here who may disagree on the All specifics. Right, stay with us. Stay with me. All right. <laughs> I remember I was having a conversation with a student once who um, was talking about uh, climate change. Mm. And she was talking about climate change, and for her, in her understanding, and I'm I am not arguing that she's correct. Yeah. I think there's aspects that maybe that. I think the way she was representing it probably isn't, but she was fairly extreme in her mindset about climate change and saw that thought that the world would be unlivable in mm. 20, 30 years if we don't do something about this. So that's an extreme viewpoint. I'm not advocating that she's yes, correct, yeah. but this was her felt reality that she mm. believed that she believed to be true. So when she saw the church doing nothing, seemingly to not care about the climate, about right. God's so my physical friend, world. It's all kindling anyway Exactly for the great fire, so exactly. who cares? She sees that yes. as a human issue. Your friend may not. Your friend just mm. sees doesn't see that as a human issue. She sees it as a human issue that's going to affect her future, how she can live in this world, her kids' future, and so on. So to her, mm. when the church has this attitude to say that, oh, I don't really care about that. It's all kindling. It's all going to burn up. It's not a big deal. To her, that feels like you don't care about me. You don't care about my future. You don't care about mm. the world here that God put here and she is one that and i think this is true with a lot of younger folks mm -hmm. um, who do um take environmental issues a little bit more seriously so mm -hmm. i mean man we just think about that of the witness that we're presenting to a younger generation that maybe has grown up in school thinking about the environment mm -hmm. having a lot more teaching around this and that cares deeply about that and if we as the church show that we don't, mm. that's going to create a disconnect. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that we just automatically jump on board with right. what I think yes. she's had a pretty Absolutely. extreme view. There's yes. room for conversation yes. there with her as well. Yes. But I think we would also agree it's extreme to say it's all going to burn up so we so shouldn't care about it at all. That no, right. God created this world. We're supposed to yes. live in it in a way that creates goodness. Uh, um, yes. So there's, there are unhealthy extremes on both sides, but if we're modeling to a watching next generation, a watching world that we don't care, some people are gonna disconnect with us because of that. Yeah. And I think we should care. I think we should care about how we treat the world. What that means, there's a lot of room for conversation there. Yes. And I don't claim to be an expert on right. how we care for these things well yes. and this, that, and the other. But I think we can all agree that there's ways that are good in the way that we treat God's world and there's ways that are not good. And mm -hmm. we can have a conversation about specifics of what that could look like. And yeah. I would want to bring experts to the table who yeah, are more yeah, scientific yes. and know what they're talking yeah. about. But that is just, that's just yes. one example that I remember having this conversation with her and it just hit me. I'm like, wow, this is interesting. That yes. if I show that I don't really care about this, that, that's going to create a disconnect. What was heard from her perspective was I don't, that you don't really care about her. Yeah, exactly. If, yeah. And I think, you know, there's a long there's a lot of room for operation once we adopt the viewpoint that says, I care about you, even if maybe I don't agree with mm -hmm. your point of mm -hmm. view, I, I really care about you. And so how can we have a conversation that 
maybe does then reflect God's goodness instead of our, you know, when we don't disagree with people, our temptation is to move straight into, well, you must be crazy. And especially as it relates to this particular issue. Yes. Everybody on, every, on, yes. The, on, the, other, on the opposite sides of the extremes thinks that people on the other opposite extremes are crazy. So, <laughs> yes. Okay, so, so that's maybe yes. one kind of specific way. Give us, uh, you know, as, as we kind of wrap up, um, you know, what is maybe some general guidance? Because, again, practice makes faithful. So how can we practice what we learn about reflecting God's goodness into this world as, as part of the mission or central to the mission uh, that we've been given, how, how can we then turn around and practice that so that we're more faithful uh, mm-hmm. to Jesus? Mm-hmm. My, my bottom line yesterday was quite simple, to say love the mission by living the mission. Mm. So my challenge would be to live the mission, but let's get a little bit more specific than that. Yeah. Um, as my challenge would be to really spend some time thinking about reflecting on what what would it look like if i lived every every day mm. everything i do as if i was on mission as if it was missional mm-hmm. what if you were to get rid of those categories in your mind that separates these things are missional these things aren't and you were to say no everything i do could be an opportunity to be missional mm. and to really Really think about that in mm-hmm. each aspect of your life, of how could this be missional? How can I be creating, spreading God's goodness through what I'm doing? How yeah. can I be making disciples through what I'm doing? How can I be doing those two things? And think through, maybe just take a minute to sit down, reflect, think through each part, each aspect of your life. Think about what you do on a given day. Mm-hmm. I'll think for myself, okay, so I, I get up, I shower, spend a little bit of time in quiet time. I go to the gym. I go to work. Um, I will cook dinner. I think of like you know, each of these elements of my life. I could just take each one and say, okay, what would I? What would it look like if when I went to the gym, I took an attitude that I'm going to be missional when I'm mm. at the gym? How might that change the way I work out? It's not going to change yeah. what I'm physically doing. It's not going to change my workout routine. But yep. there is going to be a shift of my mindset right. in here that says, I want to spread God's goodness. Yeah, I'm not going exactly. to be a jerk to people. I'm not going right. to completely disconnect. I like to listen to podcasts while I'm working out. I'm still going to do that. But I'm not, I don't want to do that in a way that is abrasive. It's pushing people away. I'm not going to shut down opportunities for conversation. I'm not going to be rude and like how long I'm taking on a piece of equipment. I'm going to actually, I'm going to take the little wipes, even though it's a pain and no one likes to do it. And I'm going to clean my equipment afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like these are just little things that it's a little shift in my mind to say, I'm not just working out. I'm spreading God's goodness mm. when I'm here. So there's little things that I can just tweak in my mindset and make small changes. So sometimes there may be some things that you need to make a big change in your life to yeah. do this, but there's a lot of things that it's just a small change. It's just a shift of a mindset to say, I'm not just working out. I'm living on mission. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I think that's, you know, the challenge to be more intentional is one that we all need to take uh, very seriously because I think Sometimes we do have this very intentional dichotomy. We've created the dichotomy. Sometimes it's just that we don't realize the dichotomy exists and we're living into something because we haven't thought about it further. So your mm. challenge to really think about this, yeah. Yeah. Um, that is the first step in so many movements as we're trying to practice to be more faithful to Jesus is just to think a little deeper 
than kind of the cruise control that we often yep. operate yep. in. And especially as it relates to being the reflection of God in this world, um, even one that's distorted and broken sometimes, but being that reflection so that some of that goodness of God is reflecting around as we go and then and then praying again for those opportunities that come out of that. I think yes. that's really good, Ben. So we hope that you will do that this mm-hmm. week. Um, really take that challenge to heart. Uh, see if God does not create opportunities for you to make the world around you just a little bit better. And then out of that too, if God doesn't create the next step opportunities to really share what better looks like through and in and because of Jesus Christ. So we thank you for joining us uh, this week. We do love it when you reach out to us with comments. I check the Practice Makes Faithful email from time to time. Uh, we read their comments on YouTube for sure. So, uh, you know, definitely would love for you to connect with us that way. And if you enjoy this podcast, we don't ask this often, but leave us some feedback, uh, yes, leave us a review, yes, awesome. give us a thumbs up, a like, all that kind of stuff. We, we enjoy that. And, that really uh, helps in your podcast app if you leave sure. a review. It's just going to help. Apple is going to recommend it to more people if there's more reviews in Apple. Yes. So that would really help us out. Yeah, it's not that Ben and I get together every time we get a positive review and go out to lunch and just celebrate or anything. It just is that more people find. <laughs> do we do that? No, we no, don't. No, we don't. Is that more should. people are able to find the podcast that yes, way too. So exactly. um, again, we, we appreciate you all. So thankful for you tuning yes. in. And we look forward to next week's conversation as we get to share more about loving in this world as God loves this world as well. God bless you all. See you then. Bye.